David Catterell, how are you this afternoon? I am not too bad. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Now that webcams are working, it's even better because I can see your lovely face. <laughs> I wouldn't say lovely, but thank you. <laughs> what a nightmare. Oh, my God. I thought I was tech savvy, but obviously. Oh, it, no, it's all good. No, it's all good. <laughs> there are some areas I'm not very good at. <laughs> it's all good. But uh, never mind. No, it's all good. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, I guess we'll get straight into it. Um, so, as I sort of mentioned, I know nothing about graphic design. I know stuff about computers and microphones and webcams, as you've seen. Um, and obviously, everyone starts somewhere um, with like a passion or something they will want to get into. Um, so, how did you get into graphic design in the first place, or did it sort of spiral from like being an artist, or how did that happen? So, obviously. I had a passion for art when I was in school and it was something I pursued until probably GCSE level. But then after that, obviously I went into my A-levels. I didn't take it any further. Um, and life took me down a different path. I uh, got my A-levels, I was in performing arts and then I ended up taking a year out. Oh, such a weird story, this. Um, <laughs> I ended up taking a year out and started working um, as a drama teacher and writer for um, okay. uh, local community projects. So, sort of, that was 2005. End of 2005, it was. There was a lot of things happening in that, that arena. Uh, and I saw, uh, saw an advert for um, a presenting gig. So obviously, I just thought I could be a presenter, uh, <laughs> and I went for it, and I ended up getting it, and I did ended up uh, co-presenting a show on Channel Four. Oh wow! Okay, two thousand and six. It was called Whatever. Okay, it was Friday. It was do you remember the Friday Night Project with Alan Carr? No, was it Alan Carr? It, it rings a slight bell, though. Though it might be a bit before your. T- <laughs> Let's just say I'm. I, I, so I must have been so. How old are you now? I'm 25. Let's put it that 25, way. 25, so I've got a good <laughs> 13 years on you. So okay. might have been a little bit young for it. Yeah, um, potentially. But it was in that sort of time slot, late night, Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. Got absolutely trashed in the press and in the media. And it was actually voted the third worst TV show of 2006. So okay. you know, at least we came somewhere. Yeah. We yeah. got remembered. So it didn't sort of... <laughs> <laughs> fade into the background. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. But there were a lot of false yeah. promises made, so yeah, that took a long time to sort of because I'd obviously planned my life <laughs> <laughs> on these false promises and going forward and what I wanted to do and achieve. Yeah, and uh, that all fell by the wayside. So I took a few years out and I fell into good old retail as we do. Um, sure that's, yep. And then in my downtime. I was I was always quite creative. I used to do uh, I used to mess around on MS Paint back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a friend showed me Photoshop. I was like, "Oh, this mm-hmm. is good." So slowly but surely, since about two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, I've just slowly taught myself how to do it, and I've got better and stronger. Yeah. And it's all, it almost becomes like a second language. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are shocked when I say I didn't get any formal training in it, but I've never really been formally trained in anything that I've applied to a job. So yeah, that's how I sort of fell into it anyway. But uh, it's, I started my business, say, 
six, seven, eight years ago. So I can't remember who's, who's track now. Um, and then I ended up in my in my job one night. I worked at Marks and Spencers um, mm-hmm. in the food halls. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm a Gabby one, so I just chat to everyone. And I met this wonderful singer called Vicky Jones. Okay. Uh, and she, I was sort of telling her, well, you know, obviously connected and we got on. And I, I was telling her what I was sort of trying to get into and open a business with the rough design. And she, she pointed me towards my first big client. Mm-hmm. And I did a little bit of work for them. Fell away from it for a little bit again. But then someone, one of her colleagues who she used to work with approached me and asked if I was still doing graphic design. And that's that's how it kicked off properly and sort of took me to really big places with it. Um, so I'm now currently... So I do a lot of posters. My uh, page is David Cattrall Designs on Instagram. Um, so I do posters for theatre and tour... Um, tour shows and mm-hmm. uh yeah the clientele the clientele's got a little bit more well known and a little bit more <laughs> i wonder why <laughs> i feel you know what they say about um imposter syndrome yeah i can understand never has never has a true word been said with this because obviously the lack of formal training yeah can sometimes mess with your head a little bit mm-hmm. and you do look back at work you've done yeah, you think God is this good enough to be? But obviously, it's registering and it's it's re- resonating somewhere. So I'm just going to roll with it, see where it goes. Absolutely. Um, so you said how you've had no sort of form of form of training or anything, and it started from you know just you know, like just having yeah, fun, just from yeah, just from just from, just from having a look on Photoshop. Now. I guess it's weird because I'm at the age where, okay, so I didn't go to university or anything, but I've got friends who did. Um, and I've seen some there are all sorts of graphic design university degrees and everything. But I guess does your story show that for certain things you want to go into, you don't really need to spend X amount <laughs> on, on a well, degree because it just takes a bit of, uh, a bit of hard work. Yeah, or look, or, you know, well, meet, yeah, meeting the right person, or, you know, the right person seeing what you're doing. I think that applies to a lot of creative industries. Obviously, the techie side of the creative industries, in TV especially, that mm-hmm. does see, need to be, obviously, a certain amount of formal training for that. But um, yeah. a lot of, I have a few friends who also um, went to university to do graphic design, and they've gone mm-hmm. in a more corporate direction, yeah. and they're part of a bigger, a small cog in a bigger machine. Yeah, and I don't think they're enjoying it as much because it's very um, ri- a rigid sort of structure to the to the uh, business, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not it's not enough creative freedom for them. Yeah, um, so I'm kind of really glad I didn't go down that 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 path, but it did haunt me for a long time not going to university because. Obviously, I left school when I was 18, and I, I took a year out, and that turned into something completely, like, left field from what I was expecting to happen. And I never went back, and I never went to uni. And it haunted me for years that I didn't do it, because obviously you have that major fear of missing out on the, yeah. social, the social side of it, 
Um, and then jobs that I was getting, I didn't feel like I was worthy of because the imposter syndrome kicks in. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just a confidence thing. If you've got a confidence in your own abilities um, and your work's good and it's speaking for itself, then yeah. it is. It, you know, you can you can sort of push yourself anywhere within reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so how did you sort of like find your niche of doing like posters for the actual stuff because i guess of when you think of graphic design you normally think of stuff to do with social media and that sort of thing that was quite organic as well so yeah obviously because i'm self-taught um a lot of a lot of things i've created over the years i've been just as practice pieces you know if i'm trying to teach myself a new technique yeah. I've seen or um, I've had an idea for something that I want to see if I can I can get the result get to the result that I've got in my head yeah. and I'll, I'll I'll have these pieces that I I put together purely for fun purely for training to train myself and for years and years and years like I've, I'm, I'm all I've always been drawn to movie poster art Um. So nine times out of ten, I was creating um, artwork for fun, for for movie, you know, movies that don't exist, you know, sequels that don't exist. Yeah. And for the, <laughs> for the lot, I, some of them I really loved and I was really excited by. And I said, like, hmm. So I, I sort of shared a lot of them online. Yeah. And when I tell you, they went viral. Like they've <laughs> gone. Some of them went. Re- ridiculously viral like they caught like there was I did a poster about eight years ago for Hocus Pocus 2 (laughs) oh nice I put it out there yeah and it went viral for about every year for about five years it's been seen by hundreds and hundreds Hundreds of of millions millions hundreds of millions yikes Um, and I honest to god genuinely without blowing my own trumpet believe that people who make the films yeah saw the response and may go in contact to design the actual thing <laughs> no, i wish i wish no but I, I think they saw the response to that product and were like yeah. oh, there's interest in this yeah and uh, and i i'm hopefully i like to believe i got this i got the sequel made <laughs> yeah but that's happened to us with several things. There are a lot of uh, there are a few things. I did a Sabrina's Sabrina the Teenage Witch sequel called Sabrina's Teenage Witch. That went super viral to the point that Melissa Joan Hart had to oh yeah had to go online and sort of deny it was an actual real thing. But that happens over and over and over. I think I've found the right sort of place to put it for it to go viral, if you see what I mean. There's a yeah, yeah. right platform that seems to sort of help things fly. I won't tell you what it is because that's my little secret. But uh Reddit. That's what I can say. No, Reddit. not Reddit. <laughs> no, not, not Reddit. Reddit. No. Okay. But I'm, okay, gonna, okay. I'm not gonna tell you that one. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's fine. What was your question again? Sorry, I'm gonna completely <laughs> Um so so how did you find your style and find your sort of you know, your individual way of creating it, because you do sort of, from what I've seen, of basically, um, so say with with the particular person that I've found you through, you're very good at sort of putting like the actual person 
into the situation That's, to make it seem like very yeah, I know what natural. You mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so I remember I, I, I said I'd met Vicky Jones through my other work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for that first project, obviously because I was drawn to sort of how movie posters were structured and created and stuff. The first job that I did for them was quite cinematic and quite, um, quite a bold sort of design choice for them. And that obviously resonated with them and with people who've seen it because the clients that I've had coming back say that they like that my stars sort of a mix of cinematic and and for theatrical as well, you know, for theatre. Yeah. Because the yeah. theatre posters are quite a specific design style. Um, they can be quite abstract and quite um, simple to get the idea across. Whereas my, obviously, where I'm drawn to is more complicated and, and, and a bit more about the vibe, less about the vibe and more about... Um, as I say, the cinematic quality of them and the environments and character poses and lighting. and So to marry those two together, I think's really done me, done well for me. Mm-hmm. So as I say, organic, very organic process, but that's sort of where it started and where, where we've ended up. Yeah. So I sort of alluded to it before. So I found you through a poster which recently went viral as in uh, December through a certain soap um, and if anyone was watching this morning on one day on one day in December you'll know what I mean um, it was a poster for the I guess the Christmas season or the Christmas episode yeah. of EastEnders um, and I guess first things first do you like EastEnders do you watch it of course of course I yeah. do I'm a, a... It's probably probably the thing I watch most on TV. But, as I say, this was another case of me learning how to use new techniques for Photoshop. Yeah. And it was obviously a storyline that was I was really into last year. So I was doing it for a little bit of fun. And yeah, yeah. Usually I wouldn't, sh- I wouldn't share anything like that, that sort of, you know, the TV end of things. It's more the movie, movie posters, I would share. But this one really stood out to me because it it's probably one of the the my favourite ones I've done. So I thought yeah. I'll, just, I'll share it and see if it goes anywhere. Yeah. Well it's like lighting <laughs> lighting a touch paper to a firework because it just yeah. absolutely exploded and yeah. I couldn't quite get over how many people thought it <laughs> thought it was real and then obviously there was a lot of the writers got in touch with me saying how much they loved it I did yeah so I ended up getting some um, canvas sized prints printed off and sent to them so they've got that as a keepsake I've not I need to print one off for myself um, yeah I was really made up the response it was it was really really lovely and then uh, Sharon Marshall bless her who um, I, I sort of not no, I've not met her, but <laughs> I'm sort of in in touch with through mutual friends. Yeah, she uh, she messaged me and just said, "Listen, can can I pop this in the soap segment on this morning?" I was like, "Sure thing, yeah, why, why not? not?" Yeah, <laughs> just credit me. Uh, yeah, and they did, and it was lovely. It was really lovely, and it was, uh, it was a lovely response. So I was 
made up with it. Yeah. So for that one in particular, I guess of was it a case of that you had the way that it was looking sort of in your head, or was it just a case of start and see how like the creative process flows i know creative process is a really geeky term there is there is genuine there is, there is usually a creative process so for me it is it does start with the vision and the vibe and um obviously it was quite a dramatic image far more dramatic than eastenders has ever been uh, <laughs> and i sort of I, I, I had this, the, the placements of the characters in my head and I had uh, that I wanted it to be a little bit not Marvel-esque but it did turn out <laughs> marvellous uh, with the destruction and the fire. A and, little bit. Yeah, it was a little bit marvellous. A little bit with the way the actual sort of episode planned out you could sort of tell what they were sort of yeah, yeah. going towards. Yeah, And then I sort of, I knew I wanted a little bit of mystery with the character in the window. Well, oh, that yeah. kicked off because everyone thought oh. <gasps> Danny Dyer's coming back. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I find that often in, with with stuff or at least people have to deny <laughs> have to deny things <laughs> are happening because uh, yeah. I put people in very awkward positions. All you needed was Danny Dyer himself to physically say, "This isn't well, a little bit, little bit full circle." Because Danny Dyer was on that Channel Four show I did. Oh uh, wow! He was, he was one of the interviewees and. Uh, it wasn't my episode to be in. It was sort of it was sort of shared hosting, so I did three out of six. Yeah, but he was in the one of the episodes that I didn't do, and I sort of I was still in the studio, so I met him backstage, and he grabbed my ass. And sorry, can I say ass? <laughs> grab, no, it's fine. It's all good. Grab, grab my backside. <laughs> so that technically makes me the landlady of the Queen Vic. Technically, and it I'm does. sticking to that. that. Yeah, um, just because I'm also a fan of the show do you sort of tell that Keanu was going to be the guy that was going to get bopped off I changed my mind I knew it wasn't going to be as straightforward as they said it was going to be I knew they'd fake out I knew there'd be a fake out with who the body was see like to be honest the last Christmas episode that I was like oh my god this is amazing was when um uh, was when I think it was 2017 when um the girls went off the roof yeah, yeah. That, was, that was like, oh my god, that was amazing. I agree, that um, was very good. Though it hasn't been till this one, where just from looking at Twitter, <laughs> it's got really it's a bit of a renaissance, to be honest, isn't it? Oh man, it's been in such a bad place for a while, but obviously I've always, I've always stuck with it. But it's got a real good vibe around it at the moment. Yeah, um, you mentioned how it was sort of a free time vocational thing to actually like create the post in the first place. Mm. And especially, I guess, when people sort of do a hobby for a living sort of thing, not bleeding your your work stuff into your personal stuff. Do you sort of have, like, that cut-off point where you're like, okay, I'll leave that there, but it's always good to sort of to sharpen your tools and make sure that that you can obviously sort of get better because that's what everyone, especially in the creative... Yeah, it is getting, it's getting slightly it more difficult because, obviously, I'm getting more and more and more work at the moment, so I seem to be yeah. constantly... Uh, constantly at the computer and designing and stuff, but um, I would usually. I'm also a, a writer and a director, and um, oh, so I've got my own film production company, um, uh-huh. and we've filmed two comedy pilots. We're trying to get off the ground, um, and I directed a play, a one-woman show, um, 
so I co-wrote it with my friend Claire Bryan, who she hosts the um, morning show on BBC Radio Merseyside. Um, she's really, really talented, really funny. It's like one of my closest, closest friends. And um, we created a character during lockdown um, for the radio. So we sort of planted her in with the callers. She was an elderly sort of um, elderly know-it-all woman who'd <laughs> ring who'd ring in and sort of give her opinions on the subject of the day. Um, but when we were originally going to do Edinburgh Fringe in 2020, 2020 and we had a completely different show written for that. It was, um, a, 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 it was also a one-woman show, but it was more about a woman who was about to turn 30 and it was about all the lessons she'd learned in her twenties and it was full of anecdotes and funny stories and it was comedic and it was poignant and it was profound. And then obviously the pandemic hit and all those plans went out the window in the interim. We obviously created Val, Val from Anfield as a character. Um, and we did sort of 18 months of weekly monologues. So by the time it came for us to think about Edinburgh Fringe again in 2022, the original concept was not as appealing, shall we say. <laughs> so we ended up writing an entire show around Val, yeah. taking her up to Fringe, and it got some really, really, really good, strong reviews. Uh, and we ended up doing a lot of promo for the Eurovision around Liverpool oh, yeah, yeah. for yeah. the BBC um, yeah. earlier this year. So that's that's the side that I... I like to sort of switch between... So I have my, I have my graphic design, which I do professionally as a job and as a hobby, which I like to sort of... I kind of like to not do it all the time because I, I'd, I'd hate for it to become a chore. Yeah because I love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I tend to sort of switch into, into writing and, um, you know, I like to do it. I like to do a lot of things. I like to, a lot of variety to what I do, but, uh, I can, at the moment, because I'm, I'm designing a lot all the time. It's quite difficult to separate, separate. And I'm not doing a lot of projects because I am compelled to, for the enjoyment, it's it's more so because I've got someone breathing down my neck going, I need this now! You need this now, yes. Because um, I, I guess when you do have this sort of um, promo on a very popular TV show yeah. and and then you're sort of the talk of the graphic design town. Yeah! Um, I guess sort of, is it a case of striking while the iron is hot? Yeah. This is what you've been working towards, I assume, for... Years and years and years. Well, I've never had to keep a diary before professionally. <laughs> Obviously, because okay. I've never had enough work coming in. I just sort of do it as it's given to me. But I'm now having to schedule people in, which is a completely new thing for me. Yeah. Because otherwise I was just saying yes to everything. But I'm like, now I'm having to say, yes, can I book you in for then? So book you that time, yes. That's a new experience. And I'm having to sort of use the time that I have with each client in a more structured way because because my process is quite organic I, I can it can be quite it can take quite a long time 
to sort of get to the end product. Whereas now I'm having to find a different way of working because I'm on a time constraint now. Whereas before I didn't have that. Just interrupting this episode to ask you a quick favor. If you like what you're listening to, give it a rating, leave a review and subscribe to the podcast feed. It helps more than you could imagine. Now, back to the episode. As I was saying before, how like a lot of graphic designers sort of do a lot of social media stuff. Are you on like websites like Fiverr? Have you ever done like that sort of thing where we're just a random person from from like it could be like across the globe gets in touch to ask you to design no, it? No, I've not done that yet. No? It's a n- okay. When I say it's this way of working is fairly new, like it's brand new. Like I've the way I've worked, I've solely done a lot. My, the majority of my work for the last sort of six years has been for one or two primary clients. Whereas now, because the scene, because the work and the clientele is getting bigger and bigger, more and more people are, are sort of word of mouth. So I'm not, I'm not having luckily to go looking for work. It's coming yeah. to me, and my inbox is yeah. filling up. And it's yeah. joyous <laughs> and it's frightening, but it's yeah, it's it's a, it's really new and quite intimidating at times. But yeah, I guess it's like a involuntary growth period, both yeah. working out how to how to do all of this and trying to keep keep track of yeah. Because it was a hobby; it was never <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was never intended to be a, uh, <laughs> the way I am my living, but I'm quite happy that it is. So. And again, a geeky question. You said that you were first introduced to Photoshop. Yes. Um, and now, is that like the big application to use, or is there Photoshop versus that in regards to sort of like the one that people tend to use or try to ask, should I use that? Should I yeah. use that? Initially, it was just Photoshop I was using. And then as I've sort of expanded and I've got my knowledge has expanded. I've, I've, I've approached several other designers in the industry because I've loved work that they've done. And I've just yeah. sort of asked them how they've achieved certain effects or certain finishes, which obviously has meant that I've had to sort of start using other programs like Illustrator. I had to teach myself Illustrator. I had to teach myself InDesign. I've had to teach myself um, Adobe uh Adobe Stager, which is for the 3D elements of things. Okay, cool. So there nice. are a lot of a lot of different programs I use depending on the job. The job. Yeah. Uh, but usually it would be finished off in, in in Photoshop, you know, for final sort of final sort of finishes, and that's where I would export from to send. But uh, there are there are a few big other programs I use. Like I'm really loving learning Stager at the moment because that's just elevated it again even more. That's the fun of this. I love yeah. I love seeing I love seeing the end results getting better and better and more complex and I'm achieving the things that I used to see on screen or on in a poster or in a in a in a magazine. I'm achieving those effects now. Yeah. And I'm it's I'm just, I never thought I'd be able to achieve that level, but uh, time time and effort and money. <laughs> <laughs> very much so <clears throat> yeah and and over the years how much different skills have you learned just by typing into youtube how to do literally this, that, this, all that, and the other 
literally all. And I think, you know, if it, uh, I work mainly with Adobe, so a lot of the functionality across different Adobe products is quite similar. So I think it's like learning a language. Once you're similar with with how one program works, you can sort of kind of figure out the rest with just a few little tweaks, obviously, in functionality. But uh, yeah, all all my all my skill is picked up online. I've never had anyone. Yeah. Sat, I've never sat with anyone who said, "Right, do this, do that, do that." It's just, yeah. which I'm surprised by. Like I don't. I've never done well with massive chunks of lessons you know big hour two hour long lessons so a lot of what i've achieved has been really slowly like i've learned one effect one day another effect another and it's literally my attention span because i've got so much going on in my head that i want to get done in other other arenas as well my attention span's really short when it comes to learning and that, <laughs> so i sort of learn as i'm doing some doing it rather than sitting down and doing one big rigid lesson and then going away, I sort of learn as I'm doing it. Which I think is the best way to learn because it's sort of, I think it sinks in a bit more. Yeah. Well, because obviously with doing the social media stuff for this, I've had to learn how to create short form, subtitling, and obviously sort of type into YouTube yeah. and do the same different you resolve. Yeah. So, I'll literally have a, a split screen, so I'll have my project on one side, and I'll have the tutorial on the other. And I will literally be like, "Pause, okay." I see that little bit. Pause. The settings on that, please. Yes. Yeah, that's literally how I did it. And then I'm quite good at retaining information, so the more I do it, you know, the, the easier it becomes. But that comes in handy with all sorts, like the video editing as well, and obviously, because I with with our the projects that we've filmed. <sighs> Like I tend to, like I direct all our projects. I write all our projects. Yeah. I end up being the the cameraman, the light and tech, the editor. Yeah. The like I, I I do it all. So YouTube comes in handy. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. I'll have to point you towards some of our projects, some of our comedy projects. What do you think? Definitely, I'll de- they're, uh, definitely. They're getting some really good feedback. Awesome. That might be another thing we're talking about soon. <laughs> 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 no problem with me. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah, so have any pilots been directed at any TV corporations yet? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I guess it's just a waiting game to see if anything. It's a very, very slow competitive yeah. process, and yeah. it it helps that I built up that database of sections say database of friends should i uh that database of contacts that i've contacts, yep. contacts yeah in the industry that i've met <laughs> over the years because you know i did a feature film when i was 16 i co-wrote that so i'm in touch with still in touch with all the producers and the writers and the actors that i met through that obviously the channel four stuff i'm still in touch with everyone i met on that I never, t- I don't ever tend to lose touch with people I, I, I know are of work in a similar arena like that. Like obviously, I've lost. You, you lose, when you go through life, you sort of lose touch with friends and contacts. But industry wise, I know it's helpful. God, this sounds terrible. Helpful to keep people around <laughs> and sort of within reach that you can sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can that you can talk to or you know ask advice yeah. about and it's I've always tended to do that I think it's the way 
way to do things. So who's the most famous person in your sort of your your mutual contact list? Just out of curiosity. Oh the most known. <laughs> oh, there's a few. <laughs> I'm putting you uh, on the spot. <laughs> Don't know what I should say. <laughs> okay. They might see this. <laughs> okay. I don't sell anyone out. I keep my secrets. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Um, right, so with the fact you've got clients left, right, and centre wanting you for everything in the kitchen sink, what are your plans for uh, 2024? Anything exciting in the pipeline? I have been pondering um, a feature film script for about four years, and it's been sort of gestating in my brain for four years. And I finally put pen to paper last week. So it's now starting to sort of take form, which I'm really excited about because... I think it's a really, really strong, marketable, sellable, fun idea. And I think it's something the UK film industry hasn't had. So I'm going to be working on that. Uh, I'm going to be pushing my comedy and my writing projects this year because there's new people I've got on board in the next sort of month who are sort of going to re- refresh us and take us take us forward. Uh, and I'm just now looking at plans towards the end of the year with, with the graphic design because I'm hearing on the grapevine some big, big projects are coming up. Bigger than I've ever done before. So I'm going to think, because I'm aware of what they are, now I can sort of start thinking about them and planning them, and I know what I believe. I'm going. There's going to be a lot of creative freedom with where we go with that, because usually, usually when I work with producers or clients, there's a you know there is there are set assets that already exist, so they've already done a photo shoot, they've already got actors in place, you know, so things like lighting. And, and how an actor's been stood or that's already sort of predetermined by obviously what already exists. What's exciting now is moving forward is I will have the creative freedom to sort of be at the photo shoots and like art direct the photo shoots. So I can, nice. get, so I can specifically get what I, what I need and that should hopefully elevate it even more. So that's what I'm excited for is is more more creative freedom in in that arena. Uh, does that include potentially um, designing the official uh, uh, EastEnders poster for? <laughs> oh God, wouldn't that be great? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, you've already done the um, the uh, unofficial. unofficial one. Unofficial. So... <laughs> So maybe like, I'll just maybe I'll yeah. pester them a that's little the, bit. That's the next logical step. <laughs> the only next logical. I agree. Step. I think we need to get um, get people emailing them and telling them that they need to employ me. But I would love that. You know, <laughs> that would be that would be a dream. Oh my god! Obviously, the dream is to write for them. I'd love to be a writer on it. So many great ideas for where they could take that show. 
But uh, to just be a fly on the wall in the writers' room when they decided to bring Cindy Bilt back, that, wow, and that sort of thing. I was flabbergasted when that happened. What a great twist! Now I loved. It's been a great year for that show. Um, it's been really good. I yeah. just want to write. I just want Letitia Dean to say something that I've written, and then I'll die. <laughs> and then I'll die happy. I die that, happy, man. That woman is camp as Christmas, and I adore her. <laughs> But, you know, if, if someone turned around to me in the next year and, and said, would you like to do a bit of artwork officially, then, of course, the answer is going to be yes. Because <laughs> hopefully that means I can go down to the set and sort of, mm. you know, yeah. muscle my way in a little bit and say, have you got any jobs in the writer's room? I'm good at that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there something in the back of your mind that, they're like, oh, that'd be cool to design a poster for, whether or not it'd be an official one or just, as you said, just so something. Is there a certain fun. show or a project? Yeah, or just like something you're like, oh, that would be just cool to see, like on an A4 canvas. Or an A, A, A1 canvas, yeah. Something oh, like that. There were so many things. Like, like for me, it would be like the new Deadpool and Wolverine film come out this year. Do you know what I find really sad? Do you know what I find really sad, though? A lot of these massive films, they go to these big corporate designers. Oh, I know. And oh, I'd know. love them to just come to sort of a, a little independent business like me and say, do you want to do the poster artwork? And I would, that would be a dream, obviously, wouldn't it? Disney, I'd love to do something with Disney. Oh, so they are just the apex of... Yeah, or like everything. Everything, basically, aren't they? <laughs> they live in our houses next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, probably somewhere in that arena in the movie industry. That would be wonderful. Although, I would quite like to... If I could get one of my scripts picked up, if I could get the script picked up for this feature film, I'd love to design the artwork for that as well. That would be good. But I could, I'd love to be able to say, I wrote this film... Yeah, and I did the artwork for it, and I've done the poster, and, and I've, I've, you know, I've had a little hand, and I'll sit in the editing suite as well, and say I can, I've done that as well. <laughs> Am I a little bit of a control freak? <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, well, so I follow a singer on uh, Instagram, and she's a wedding singer, um, and literally, I think like in the past four years, like the venues she has performed at is stupid like all over the world and everything else do you and mind me asking what, she, what she's called uh samantha harvey no uh, she's, she's based like in manchester or, 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 oh, or somewhere i'm sure um yeah she's really really good um and obviously she's like incredibly in demand with couples wanting her to sing at at their wedding at, at these big palaces and everything else um so her her emails are stupid. Like the amount of emails she gets is stupid. Right. Though she refuses to hire a PA because she's such a control freak. She just flat out refuses to hire a PA. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I think if as I've, I've I've noticed this with myself, if I've got a creative sort of vision, I like to sort of control it from beginning to end, in in some way, yeah. because. Maybe it's the Capricorn in me, I don't know. Sure. And so the final sort of thing to ask, which you've sort of already mentioned, um, this is reaching your desired crescendo, and that's different for everyone, especially in the creative field. But where do you want to end up 
or is that designing a thing for Disney? Or, I don't or just, think so. Or just doing it? <laughs> my, mine is a little bit more humble than that, and we did cover it. I would love to. I'd love to write. I'd love to write an episode of EastEnders. I'd die happy. Yeah, I'd die happy. I love. I'd love to. Or be on that team. Be on that team of people. That would be wonderful. Yeah. What would be the main synopsis of your dream, my episode, dream episode? Of EastEnders? Oh gosh, everyone would be back. Like a death or someone falling <laughs> falling off a roof. Oh, like let's a, just get a train a off the or something. Crash a train well, off the tracks. Oh, I don't think the yeah. BBC have the budget these days. No, I don't I don't think so. Didn't Curry do that for like the... They did, like yeah. Back in... Tw- 2010? 2010. Yeah. Mine would be... A li- I'd get everyone back. Everyone who... They've killed a lot of amazing characters off there, so I'd just get them all back and pretend... Pretend it never happened... <laughs> Although we may have, we may have to CGI poor Barbara Windsor, my little fave. <laughs> yeah, it would be something like that. That would be the pinnacle. <laughs> beautiful. Um, well, I think that is a beautiful way to end. Um, Dave, I'd just love to thank you for agreeing to come on because I am sure that, as we mentioned, that you are a hot oh. property now with with everything. And and to be completely honest, so I. I saw the EE poster on my Instagram and then the following day I had a day off. So I then saw it again on this morning and I was like, well, yeah, it's meant to it. be. I needed to get you <laughs> Oh, Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say that. A lot of people have interviewed I'm not so conceited, right. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Well, Dave Cashrow, it has been a pleasure. <laughs>